It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody could ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Well, happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. Three-way show today. You got Schmelk, Meadow, and Fegels with you. The phone number, we are back in the studio, is 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. If you want to communicate with us that way, you certainly can. We are two days away from our first practice, and I put practice in quotation marks because the first three practices uh, do not allow any, or the first two, three days slash two practices do not allow any contact. So it'll basically just be guys in t-shirts and shorts running around like it's springtime. Then you get at least some shells and helmets in days four and five. And then on Monday, August 2nd, we get real training camp practices. Real. So today and tomorrow, we're doing our bold predictions as we prepare for the start of camp. Our bold predictions for the season, we do them now because, frankly, they're harder. So we'll load ours up. We're going to do Lance's and Jeff's today. We'll do Paul and mine tomorrow. And, of course, we will take yours over the phone, and I will write them down on my little sticky pads here. I will put them up on the wall, which is still here. You just can't see it because we're still going to be audio only. But I will record those as well as we head towards the start of the regular season. Mr. Fiegels, how are Yo, you today? Uh, great. Happy Monday. Had a great weekend. I was actually at the beach this week. I'm not a big beach guy, guys. But I went down there for a little R&R. It was fun. Did, it, it, did not put one foot in the water. The only sand that Jeff's <laughs> usually is in is a golf course. That's to be the golf course. And that yeah. is frequently, apparently, from I was what sitting, I understand. Oh, please. I was sitting <laughs> in <laughs> I was sitting in one of the largest uh, you know, natural sand traps there is. So it was kind of nice. Where, were you in Jersey or did you, did I you go I was in Jersey. Else? It was the first time for all those people who have ever been there. Um, really crazy, crazy place, but pretty cool. I was in Ocean Grove, which is a little bit of it's a, a square mile. And it is uh, run by it's a very religious town. It's a dry town. Um, and it's just kind of a cool place to be. But it was a lot of fun. Well, you have to get special permission to enter? <laughs> Almost. I mean, they, it's amazing. That it's, it's cornered by Bradley Beach and um, uh, what's the other one down there? Uh, Asbury Park. And so you got to go through these little things. They actually close these gates at nighttime so people can't come in. It's crazy, though. Wow. Well, keep, uh, keep people like you and Schmelk out of that place. Yeah, Lance, as you well know, Jeff is a former professional athlete. He only attends the most exclusive beaches, <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> only a public beach? Only Apparently not if they're closing beaches. Well, it's still restricted oh, it's a to a beach. certain you degree, it sounds times like. you yeah. can come to it. So. Yeah. Go no. on, John. Yeah, go ahead and exploit me. Go ahead. <laughs> Mr. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Meadow, how are you, sir? I am doing very well. How about yourself? Now, Lance, i got to imagine you're probably not a huge beach guy, right, I wouldn't think? Well, I grew up by the beach, so I mean, I, I spent my entire life but, at the beach in my childhood. But no, today I don't necessarily attend the beach very often. Now, because I have many friends from Brooklyn <laughs> that wear that just that almost always wear their sneakers on the beach. Are you a wear your sneakers on the beach guy, or are no, you a I, barefoot? I mean, on the that to me guy? is pointless. The sand will then fill up your sneakers. <laughs> yes, no, and I you'll think, be uncomfortable, think, and then it'll yeah. also get into your socks and everything. So no. Absolutely okay. not. I do not Very subscribe good. to that philosophy. Very I good. Do. And for those yeah. that do you want to tell the people what, what beach you grew up by? So, no, so they, they can use their imagination. We don't need to necessarily give yes. them the entire life story There really is all childhood. There, there really is yes. only one beach in Brooklyn, so if you can't figure yes. that so out, so I think, that's what I'm saying. I think they can, can do whatever they want on their free time <laughs> to figure that out. Yes. Yes, because the last thing we want is all of Lance's rabid fans and enemies scouring beaches beach. in Brooklyn trying to track him down. <laughs> they'll probably be harassing a bunch of like junior high school kids because they're trying to find the short people. <laughs> so they'll be like just going after a bunch of the kids trying to find Lance. Well, you better capitalize on that quickly because soon they're going to be returning to school. So that is you don't true. have a lot of time. Well, to be uh, well that, that'd be a problem kids. for you because you wouldn't be able to blend in with all the middle school That's kids, right. right? Yeah, I'll find uh, another way to go incognito, <laughs> apparently. There's other ways. Nighttime might work. And strategies, you know? yes. I'll go to the beach at night, correct? It'll be a little bit more difficult than challenging to find me. All right, let's get to it, boys. Again, the phone number, if you guys want to get in and chat, is 201-939-4513. And again, as a reminder, I know you're like, 2 o'clock. What the hell are these guys doing? Well, we're on it, too, because practice coming up this week and next week is pretty much right at noon. So we obviously want to go out there and watch practice, so we're going to do that. 
So we decided to put the show after practice and media availabilities uh, at 2 o'clock for the next two weeks during camp. So we can kind of give you an update and a report of exactly what happened each day uh, during practice and at camp. So just something to keep in mind here as we move forward. All right, I will... Do you guys want to flip me? Do you want me to flip a coin as to which one of you go first? Yeah, flip a coin. Let's see who would win this flip off. All right, let's <laughs> see. I have my I have my car tails. I have my car Lance. alarm here. So buttons up, it's gonna be Feagles. Button down, it's gonna be Meadow. All right, okay. you ready? Here we go. Yeah. Buttons up. Feagles. Go ahead, Jeff. You're up first. Bold prediction number one. And by the way, call up with your bold predictions too, Jeff. Uh, lead us off. Okay. Well, I'm gonna give you. I don't know what you guys came up with, but I have two on offense. I have two on defense, and then I have a season team kind of thing uh, that I will give you my bold prediction. But I will start first with an offensive bold prediction. Um, we all know in the offseason that the Giants went out and got a receiver. Actually, they got two receivers, but one of them is an established veteran, Kenny Galladay. I believe, okay, since 2018, this guy ranks the, – he's the third in deep passing receiving yards, all right, despite actually missing most of the season last year. Okay. This is quite a setup. Okay. It is. I'm just telling you. <laughs> but this is a big one because it's a very bold one. All right. Oh, Kenny very Galladay bold. Okay. will set the all-time single-season receiving record. Okay. In franchise history this year, um, a 14. I believe it's 1,450 yards by Whoa, Odell Beckham. Oh, that is bold. So, and to believe why I'm saying this is Daniel Jones is very capable of airing it out. We know that the stats show that he's one of the better long ball throwers in the National Football League. And so I don't – I think that he'll take a lot of chances down there. And, by the way, uh, Kenny Galladay can go up and get the football. He's a big target, and he's very good at down the field catching football. So that's my bold, first bold prediction on offense. How about you, Lance? Okay, wow. Jeff, I got to tell you, yeah, very impressed by your first one. Well, thank you. <laughs> and thank and, just, you. and just, just so we're on pace, by the way, you're right. It's 1,450 exactly, okay. and that was done by Odell Beckham Jr. in his second year. Back in 2015, he only played 15 games that year. So just something to keep in mind. Galladay, well, he could have two extra games to do it mm -hmm. if he stays healthy. That's one of the reasons why I did this. And the second thing is uh, his career numbers at 1190 is his, his, his career uh, record, if you will, for one season. So I think with that extra game, and by the way, I think he's going to be a main target, which I think will help get him over that. All right, Lance, you can comment on Jeff's very – Bold first Very prediction, bold. which I like. What about here? And then you can, and then you can go with your first one. Jeff. Well, Beckham also had 13 this. touchdowns that season, yes. so I'm wondering if Jeff thinks he's going to top that mark too. With well, respect I'm not to tell what. you. Okay. Well, I'm just throwing That's that out okay. there as perhaps okay, maybe you. a second layer to your bold <laughs> I prediction. I hope he does. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll go one on offense, one on defense, and then I have one in terms of the roster. As far as offense is concerned. I think Kyle Rudolph is actually going to wind up leading the offense in receiving touchdowns this season. When Ooh, it's all okay. Said and done. So that's my bold prediction. I like it. I like it. I like that. Can you give me reasoning behind that, Lance? Well, I think he's a big red zone target. I think Daniel Jones will look his way more often than not, especially when they're within striking distance. And, you know, he's made a name for himself in Minnesota all these years. If you look at it, you know, he's been in that seven to eight touchdown radius. I don't see why Rudolph, it wouldn't surprise me when it's all said and done. I mean, he could finish with 10 receiving touchdowns, especially sure. if they target him a lot down in the red zone. I'm not looking for him to be the big home run hitter. You know, that's more of what Jeff was talking about with Galladay. But mm -hmm. if they are within striking distance, I could see a very good, strong chemistry between Daniel Jones and Kyle Rudolph, and he could definitely be within that nine to 10 touchdown total. Okay, so you say you say around nine to 10, which would also, by the way, set a career high for Rudolph, whose sure. previous career high was or it could tie. He had yeah. nine in 2012, mm -hmm. and he had eight in 2017. Okay. Because yeah. his radius is, like I said, that seven to eight target. Plus, as Jeff mentioned, you're going to have additional games this year. And, of course, everything is dependent on him staying healthy. But all of these predictions, I think we're assuming these guys are going to stay healthy. Yes. You know, you're sure. never going to make a bold to. prediction and think mm -hmm. he's going to play seven games. So under ideal circumstances, yeah, I could definitely see Rudolph topping the team in receiving touchdowns this season. Okay, you, I am very impressed by these first two. Jeff, please comment. Go or on. you could just make a bold prediction to say that everybody in the starting offense will stay healthy for 17 weeks. That That's would a, be a heck of a bold prediction. <laughs> yeah, hey, Jeff, prediction. that could be the second one if you want to go there. No, 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 I no, no, go no, there. No, no, I don't no, necessarily go have as bold you-know-what as maybe you do. Be, more no. power to you if you want to go in that direction. That will not be in – no, I'm not going to do it. But I will tell you this. My second one, real quickly, has to do with Daniel Jones because – because of what I said before so about go ahead, Jeff, please. Kenny Galladay, yep. okay? Um, Kenny Galladay is going to get a lot of targets, okay? Therefore, Daniel Jones is going to throw the football down the field quite a bit. 
Now, this may not sound good to you folks, but I'm just going to make a bold prediction because this, this is not a positive note, but I'm going to spin it as being positive. Daniel Jones will have career high in interceptions, okay? Now, listen, I'm going to tell you why. I know this is kind of – people are being, well, Jeff, what are you doing being so negative? I am being a little negative, but I'm telling you right now. This is a big play guy. This, so Daniel Jones is going to take more chances down the field. This is why I think that this may happen. Now, he had uh, 12 picks as a rookie, okay? And last year he had 10. Um, and, you know, he wasn't asked to throw the ball down the field. But I, the thing about this, guys, is that this may not be a bad thing because I think that there's going to be more chances for big plays and touchdowns. So does that make sense to you a little bit? Well, yeah. I mean, I think if you're getting X number of big plays mm-hmm. in return for, you know, an extra two interceptions or whatever you're looking at here, yeah. you know, that is probably a good trade. Remember, you only played 14 games last year. So you'd have three more games this year. So – Yes, I totally get where you're coming from. You're almost doing this in the context of they're just going to be much more aggressive going down the field, and this will be a result of that, not necessarily Jones playing right, any worse. Right. I'll use a, I'll use a, a Lance term. There's, there's going to be more at-bats here, right? Right, Lance? Yeah, more opportunities, of course. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and there's also that risk-reward factor that you're talking about too, Jeff. If okay. he's going to take his chances with big plays, explosive plays down the field, then at the same time, you figure risk there's reward. always going to be some risk involved, which means some of those passes could be intercepted. But the bottom line is, for example, if you look at his rookie year, he had 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. So I think we were talking about the over-under, if I recall. We were in that 30, like 28 target ballpark in terms of total touchdowns. So let's say he finishes with 28 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Well, the 14 interceptions would be a career high, but I think anybody would sign up for that right. two to one ratio exactly in terms of TDs to INTs. Yep. Yep. All right. It's bold. All right. No, I like it. All right. Lance, why don't you go number two for you? Well, number two is similar. I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball. I think if Fadi Odenabo is going to lead the team in sacks this season. Well, just getting his prediction. name right is a bold prediction well, for me. <laughs> that would be more of a bold prediction for you, Jeff, <laughs> yes, exactly. in terms of you getting his uh, name correctly on point. I just think that this is a guy that is underrated in Minnesota. I think that the Giants will utilize him in passing situations, and I do think that he has the opportunity to break out truly with this team, especially if they're going to rotate guys and you know he could capitalize on his circumstances. So. You want to go bold? My bold is I think Odenabo comes in and makes a name for himself within this Giants pass rush. Would you like to give me a additional number around you think he'll reach? Again, this isn't part of the prediction. This is just a little bonus points here. I'll say Odenabo could finish with nine sacks. Nine sacks. Okay. So no one and no one's going to have double digit sacks on this this year. No, I think it's going to be a spread the wealth type of mentality. Okay. Yeah. I think there's going to be a bunch of guys that are going to contribute. I don't necessarily think one guy is going to have 11 and a half, 12 type of sacks this season. Okay. Well, guess what, John? That leads me to my defensive bold prediction. Go ahead. Music, please. Um, I see that O-Z, O-Z, uh, Ojulari, okay, uh, will have double-digit sacks and will be the rookie defensive player of the year. Whoa, I like it. Uh, they're gonna get. They're gonna get him. You know, Patrick Graham is gonna put him where he needs to succeed, and I just think that uh, they're gonna ask a lot of him. He's really has no competition when you when you think about it. He's gonna be the guy, um, and so I feel like he's just gonna get after it. I, I, I like this guy. We all do, and I, I just can't wait to watch him play. And I think that he will be the rookie defensive player of the year. All right. I like it. I think that's very bold. Around how many sacks do you think he'll reach, Jeff? Like 11? 10. You... I'm going to go okay, 10. 10 exactly. Yep. Right oh, so at 10. You are right on the razor's edge there, aren't you, buddy? Yes. I'm one above what Lance said. That's why I said 10. Okay. Very good. Look, I just think predicting who's even going to get the most snaps at that spot is, is, is very sure. difficult. Yeah, it's so. a wild card. Very, very tough. All right. Wow. So far, I think all these predictions have been bold and pretty impressive. Right, Lance? Let's go with number three for you. Well, number three for me is more of a roster type of development. I think that if you were to ask me of the draft picks, of the undrafted guys, one guy that I think is going to make a name for himself, he's going to make the roster, and I wouldn't be surprised. I'll even throw out, may even start one game, Brett Heggie, the offensive lineman out of Florida. That's my bold prediction in terms of if you're looking for somebody to make the roster and perhaps make an impact who's undrafted in year one. All right, so Heggie on the final 53. Yeah. Plus, we'll start at least one game. Correct. Oh, okay. 
who you think he's going to beat out Harrison to be the backup center. Yeah, but, you know, Heggie, I think they also are going to look at as a versatile guy when it's mm-hmm. all said and done. Sure. Yeah, I'm not necessarily looking guard. at him solely as a center. I think that there's a guy who perhaps could be slid in a guard as well. So I think he's got some promise. You know, he was a pretty solid player in college. I know there are a number of people that have looked over these prospects and, you know, of guys who didn't wind up getting drafted. You know, he's gotten some pretty positive reviews. And I think there's an opportunity on the back end of the depth chart on the offensive line. So, yeah, why wouldn't it be risky to say an undrafted guy could very well make this roster? Jeff, your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are I, I like – well, I think Brett Heggie is a guy that can kind of rotational. He can play that left guard position, and he can play a little bit of center. I think, believe it or not, I know I'm getting off topic a little bit here, but I do want you guys – I'm going to be watching it. Nick Gates and Jonathan Harrison is going to be an interesting competition from – from what I see, I, I think that I know that we're all high on Nick Gates, but I also believe that this coaching staff really believes in Jonathan Harrison a little bit, too. So when he he's he's on pup, but when he comes back anyways, listen, uh, I'll give you one other one for defense. OK, I think this giant secondary will lead the NFC and be in the top three interceptions in the seat in the league this year. I think with that, that addition of Dory Jackson. Okay, Patrick Graham loves to play and wants to play man defense, right? So, and I think that they've their guys are going to get more pressure on the quarterback, which gives them a little bit more opportunities. And I think with these guys playing man defense, they'll be able to intercept some footballs. Um, and I think that they will lead the NFC and come in the top three in the National Football League. Okay, that wait. Is a bold so you're saying they're going to lead the NFC? Yep, and they'll and be, be top, top three. three NFL. Yep. Okay, so lead NFC in interceptions and top three NFL. I think that's realistic. Just because, Jeff, they have so many of these smart, heady safeties mm-hmm. that know how to play the ball and, mm-hmm. and do things of that nature, I think it – I actually like this prediction. I think it has – I think this is – out of the ones you gave me, this one probably has the best chance of coming true, sure. in so my a, opinion. A less bolder prediction. Less Just bold, to give you yes. an idea, the Saints led the NFC last year with – 18 interceptions the Giants had 11 in comparison not that once again that's going to duplicate I'm just yeah. giving you an idea of what the bar was last okay. season still pretty good in the 18. NFL. That's, a, that's a good clip I'll tell you yeah. that's, a, that's a lot uh, well, well here's the other thing that I would add which I think is interesting about your prediction Jeff because you talked about the addition of a Dory Jackson and I'm not saying that you were saying a Dory would be the reason why they would increase that number but if you look at Adoree's numbers, he's never been an interception guy, believe yeah, it or I, not. No. Adoree only has, has two though. picks like in John his career, about the and that was back in 2018. Yeah, I mean, as a, as a secondary, I said. so. No, no, well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, yeah. I'm just bringing that up. It was interesting when you would reference the addition of Adoree Jackson. I know a lot of other people have said, but I think what maybe gets thrown under the radar is Adoree has not been an opportunistic right. player. That's not to say he's not a good cover guy. It's just he hasn't made a lot of plays on the ball if you look over the course of his first four seasons in the NFL. I think it'll be interesting to see if, if it's true that um, Bradbury is your true number one, which we, we all know he is, that if teams will still stay away from him, which could give a lot more opportunities for Adoree, um, possibly, because, you know, Adoree, I, I, you know, I agree with you. He's not a, a perennial guy with interceptions, but I think that whole back end of the defense is a pretty good ball hawker, so I think that that sure. could come for, to fruition. Real quickly on the season one, John, I told you I have one for the season. Um, well, Jeff, by the way, yeah. before you give your last one, so you mm-hmm. don't do two in a row, I was saving mine for tomorrow, but I'm going to give one today just, okay. just because you're on sure. and I feel like I need to and – I'm shocked that you did not give a special teams bold prediction. <laughs> Nobody cares about so, that. You know that. Don't well, <laughs> so I am going to step in and fill the gap here. I'm well, going you. to give you a special teams bold prediction. Okay. Here we go. The, and, and I'll give my other four tomorrow. The Giants will have at least three special teams touchdowns this year. Uh, for so them is, or against? Like, like... No, they, they, will, they will have <laughs> They them. will be the ones So they will either them. return a kick, a punt, or block a kick or a punt and return those three. for touchdowns at least three times. That now, is be... Tony going to be responsible for all of them? No. Tony will be responsible for at least one. Okay. So who's going to be responsible and for And by the, the way, a fake punt, a fake punt would also be in this category as well, or a fake field goal. Okay. Okay, so big plays, basically. No, anything no? that's a special teams play. A fake punt or a fake field goal is a special teams play. That yeah, special teams touchdown. Well, you said score. What you're saying. Yeah, right. special teams touchdown. A yeah. fake punt or a fake field goal yeah. that results in a touchdown. Okay. More like a fake field goal. Fake punt would be tough. but It would be tough, but you never know. 
Yeah, I don't know how many fake punts touchdowns there are in the history of the league. Probably I mean, not very many. And, Jeff, they're, they're, it's not very common, right, for, no. for three special teams touchdowns in a year? No. No. Okay. That's why That's why I picked yeah. that out as well, a Well, remember, one. they almost had a fake field goal last year that was called back against the Cowboys. That's right. That's right. A big punt. <laughs> yeah. somebody, forgot to, somebody forgot to say I'm eligible. <laughs> Hello. Lining up, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Anyways. So, Jeff, do you like that one? Is it, is I do it? like that okay. one. I hope it comes to fruition. Absolutely. Um, I, I feel like Tony is a guy that, you know, they're, they're going to, that's going to be his bread and butter this year until he gets into the system and, and understands what he's here for. I think they're definitely going to use him a lot on special teams and then work him into the offense. And Jeff, I should ask you, by the way, but how many interceptions do you think the Giants are going to finish with? Well, Lance said they had 11 last year, but that's not the secondary. So Correct, um, that's the whole team. Who, yeah. Who do we have? We had, uh, Frackle had, Fra- was it Frackle? Frackle. Frackle. Frackle Rock? <laughs> what? Kyler Fackrell. <laughs> Tyler. F- oh, Kyler. <laughs> Let's try it again. <laughs> and you were All telling right. me about a Fadio Tinnifo? <laughs> no, not even going to try. We're struggling try. with guys that are on the Chargers uh, right now. Oh, goodness. All right. So how many did the secondary have last I'm going to look wait, it up right wait, now. Hold on. You're really just going to – can't we just do the team? Do we have to just do the secondary? Okay, That's... the team. All right, the team. No, um, because the secondary is impossible to count. How am I going to keep track of that? 17. Ooh, okay. 17 for the team. I like it. Bold. It's got to keep it bold. I mean, oh, I could have went bold. 11. That's not very bold. Well, but that also wouldn't have been top three, so it wouldn't have been right either. That's so right. That's okay. To answer your question, though, Jeff, because I just confirmed it, you had three players not in the secondary have interceptions last season. So eight total for the legitimate secondary. Tay Crowder, the frackerel guy, and who else? And you had uh, Nico Lelos, remember, off a of deflection. There you go. There had you one. Go. Okay. Yes. All right. Those were the three. So it's got to, we got to get 17. That's okay. good. I like it. All right, Jeff, what's your thing? And you know what? Hold on, actually, for clarification. Sorry to cut you off. It wasn't Crowder. Crowder was a fumble. It was Blake Martinez who had the other interception. Okay, he was a fumble recovery for a touchdown, by the way, right? Correct. Um, Here's a season bold prediction for you guys, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, None of their first three opponents had a winning record last season, all right? Denver and Atlanta were obviously two of the worst teams. Division winner last year, Washington. Not a not a winning record. The only tough one in the four games that the Giants are going to face the first four would be New Orleans. My bold prediction is the Giants are going to go four and zero in those four games. The first four games of the season, they are going to be undefeated. Wow! So you're jumping on with the Tino with that. This is just a bold prediction. I that's I don't think it's going to happen. But this <laughs> is a very bold prediction, and if it does, I'm in good shape. Well, yeah, Lance, you weren't on last – I think it was last Friday, right, Jeff, when we had this conversation? <laughs> yes, yes. And Paul's like, well, you know, if you look at the schedule, guys, you know, I think 3-1, and one, it has to be the goal, and you <laughs> hope for 4-0. and oh. And I'm like, Paul, he goes, none of these guys are world beaters, John. I'm like, Paul, the Giants went 6-10 and last year. <laughs> That's right. And by the way, the last four seasons, they are 0-2, and they were 0-5 in two of those four years. So we have a lot of work to do. Yeah, they haven't gone – They've gone 0-2 at least, 0-2 or worse, every yeah. year since 2013 except for one. Lance, and that was what, the playoff Yeah, that was year. 2016. What we, what we were talking about the other day was that we do just do not want to see an 0-2 start again. It just can't happen. I think that just the, everything just turns so sour when that happens. Um, and this team can't, can't get into that situation. And I don't think they will. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think that they, they, they will – this is the bold prediction. They'll be four and zero. I don't think they will, but I think it's it's you know there's a possibility of it. But um, I'm not going to give you what I think they're going to be because no, we don't. No, yeah. we're we're going to save those type of predictions for when we get closer to That's the start right. of the season. There you go. You know, you could have injuries in the preseason and all that stuff, and that. Can oh yeah, it could be a lot of developments. Yeah. Correct. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So there you have it, Lance. Your thoughts on that? Well. I do obviously think it's realistic to say that the Giants can get off to a better start than in years past because of who they're going up against. But, mm-hmm. you know, as I always say, the records from last year, I don't put a lot of weight in. Denver, remember, is bringing back a lot of good defensive players. Some yeah. of them were hurt. Some of them they're adding. There is a question mark at the quarterback position. Atlanta's got a brand-new coach and a whole new scheme, so that makes mm-hmm. that team somewhat intriguing. And then we're going to see Kyle Pitts for the first time. Uh, Washington obviously still has a very strong defense. We'll see what happens with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So there's, you know, 
things that, to me, are the plus-minus for all those teams. And then when you look at New Orleans, the interesting thing about New Orleans, not to get ahead of ourselves, guys, is I don't know if you noticed that David Onyemata, one of their top defensive linemen, he's definitely not playing against the Giants. He was suspended for the first six games. So, you know, that impacts them. And now there's reports that Michael Thomas underwent mm-hmm. surgery in June, mm-hmm. and we may not see him very early in the season. Now, does that mean he's out for the Giants game? I don't know right now. You know, nobody has a crystal ball, but I'd say it's a possibility, possibility. if he has a setback. So, you know, you could go up against a New Orleans team. Forget Drew Brees being out of the picture. They could be missing their top wide receiver and one of their top guys up front. So, yeah, that absolutely changes the outlook for that team. Yeah. yeah. Didn't they, and then it, and didn't they have an offensive? Did you say he's a defensive lineman? Defensive lineman, yeah, David Adyamada. Yeah, and wasn't their tackle some um, something with their tackle what, too? Teron Armstead or Ryan Ramchek? I mean, they, they they signed Ryan Ramchek to a contract extension. Maybe that's yeah. what you saw. Hmm. Yeah, I think it may have been a contractual thing. Oh, I don't recall anybody on the line being hurt <laughs> over the last few days. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's open up the phones at 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Get in. We'll get you up right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com. Just as a reminder, limited Giants season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. All right. Couple pieces of news before I get to the calls. I want to. I have Charlie on the line. I'm not going to you first, Charlie. So you better stay put and, and get comfy. Uh, if someone else wants to get in, you certainly can. All right, let's do a couple things around the league here. Uh, one, Lance mentioned the Michael Thomas thing. We mentioned that on Friday. Number two, Ian Rappaport about an hour ago tweeted out Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. It's indicated to people close to him that he does plan to play for Green Bay this season. Sources say that is the expectation. Many factors at play, but with GM Brian uh, Gutekinds saying he is hopeful for a positive outcome, there is a glimmer of optimism. They also had a shareholders meeting for the Packers today for when they don't stock in the team, so that obviously was a big topic of conversation there. But, Jeff, at least right now, it looks like you and I and our prediction that the Rodgers stubbornness might overcome the financial logic of playing, it appears, as usually is the case, the money in the end will win out. Money, 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 money. What's that song? Yeah, I don't you know got who it right. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, listen. And don't ever sing ever again. I. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I've been kicked out of bars right? for that karaoke. Song? Bad, wait, wait, bad it, was, it was a song before The Apprentice, though. Yes. No, I know it, it existed, but I'm saying that was the theme song for that show. Yes, though, that is I'm correct. correct. Yes. Yeah. Who sings that song? Aerosmith. <laughs> I don't no, think it's Aerosmith. I am quite sure that's yeah, not Aerosmith. That's Aerosmith. Maybe there's somebody out there who will know that. I don't oh, know. my. Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Uh, yeah. I mean, ABBA, by the I way. I just said the Bee Gees. I don't know. I, I knew it was from the 70s. It is, it, is, it is ABBA. ABBA. I like ABBA. They were good. Still are, even though they're not together anymore. Anyways, um, yeah, so money, money, always, always, it's always about money. What do you say you wanted, like, I, I had reading something 40, the 95 90 or 90 million, million or something? There was a report, yeah. That he oh, well, and again, it's not that he's going to get a new contract, just that he would just get fined out the you-know-what if he didn't show up for a year. And by the way, you know. And not get a salary, by the in way. In years too. past, before this new CBA, there was ways to get around that. Now, I guess there's not. No, there is I mean, not. that's real no. money now. Once, once you find somebody for holding out, the team cannot take that money back. Yeah, that's. Or, uh, or pay that money back later on. Yep. And uh, and look, and Lance was the one out of all of us that was most sure that this was going to work out. He was going to play for the Packers this year. And it looks like it's going to be right. Yeah, I mean, I'm really not that surprised. I, I thought this whole offseason was just overblown drama that, you know, he just had some fun, I think, at the media's expense, at everybody's expense, this whole sure. cryptic language. Well, and by the way, it is all, it's not like this was like manufactured. This is totally all his fault. Well, 100%. Well, yeah, he's at the center of it. But I do think that this is part of Aaron Rodgers' personality. I think he gets enjoyment out of things I like agree. This. Right. I 100 percent. So, you know, he knew exactly what he was doing. (laughs) He knew that he'd be a guy that would be stealing headlines. He'd sort of keep the Packers front office on their toes. He would stay relevant to the headlines and then he'd come back for the start of training camp and it'd be business as usual. So it is what it is. Listen, the bottom line is we had an entire offseason where he provided us content to talk about. But at the end of the day, I really didn't think the speculation held a lot of weight. I went back to, you know, you guys were talking about the money which certainly I think is a factor. But I also look at it as, regardless how stubborn Aaron Rodgers may be, 
you're coming off an MVP season. Your team has a legitimate shot to win the division and make a deep postseason run. Yeah. I just I think at the end of the day, you know, the ego and legacy comes into play, whether quarterbacks are willing to admit it or not. It's important to them. And for anybody to say Aaron Rodgers is content with just one Super Bowl and he'd be able to walk away just like that, I find that to be absolutely ridiculous. Good point. So I never believe that angle. I always thought the ego and the opportunity to win hardware would always drive him back to return at some point. Well, now you have the Devontae Adams thing on top of that, right, where apparently their contract negotiations have kind of fizzled out. Uh, yeah. There's questions about how you you know take DeAndre Hopkins' contract into consideration, all that stuff. So that's a, that's now another issue as the Packers, I think, what, Adams is one year left on his deal last? He has, this is right? the last year on his last extension, which was a four-year, $58 million deal. So this is going to be a very interesting year for the Packers' future as they try to figure out the contract for those two guys. Well, and they could always remember, give him the franchise tag, John, after this season. He'll now, love granted, that. You know, he can <laughs> still yeah. hold out, and I'm not saying that he's going to be happy about that, but the Packers do have some options where they wouldn't outright lose him. Sure. And I do think that there were no indications that he's going to at least hold out this year in training camp. So if there's going to be any drama with Devontae Adams, I would probably say it'd be after this season as opposed to this coming season. I think he's just going to close up shop, play out his contract, and then we'll have to determine whether or not they give him the tag or they can work out a new deal. And remember, a lot may depend on if Aaron Rodgers is still around. I don't know. You know, maybe Devontae Adams doesn't want to play with a younger quarterback or he wants to go elsewhere. You know, that's another thing I think to monitor and watch. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, too, when, when you take a look at it, that receiver contract, how it goes. You know, and the Packers kind of have to decide, you know, how much are they going to go all in here? Because if, if those two guys end up, you know, departing, and, you know, there was hints this morning, uh, there was a report on Good Morning Football, I think it was Ian Rappaport with the report, that Rodgers kind of hinted apparently that, oh, well, if you give me the freedom to pick my team next year, then I'll come back. There's really no reason for the Packers to agree to that because then that erases all their trade leverage, right? And, sure. and if you know, they're not being able to do anything, get much back for him if he's only going to be able to get traded to one team. So, you know, just stuff to keep in mind as you go ahead with that. The other piece of news that broke this morning, Jeff, uh, Deshaun Watson, who did show up to training camp for the Texans, he said he would not. Obviously, you have all those the civil litigation mm-hmm. going against him right now. He has not yet been placed on the commissioner's exempt list. Um, but one of the reasons that's been reported that perhaps he hasn't is because he said he will not play for the Texans. So we'll see how that all works out. But now, apparently, and again, this is only according to reports, uh, the Texans would be willing to entertain trade offers for him, and the offers would have to start at three first-round picks and then some more after that. Wow. And, gar- and, and luggage, <laughs> right? And baggage. You know, take your pick. Players, cash, name it. Listen, bottom line is this, folks. Um, we talked about it earlier. It's about money. Okay, you can hold out all you want. You still have a contract, and you're going to lose that money, even though you don't want to play for that team. I mean, good luck. We'll see what happens there. I, I, I just, it's, it's. There's so much involved in this deal that I, it's kind of hard to imagine a guy sitting out and losing all, just taking that money and just throwing it out the window. But um, here's the other thing: the the commissioner's exempt list. Aren't you paid on that? I think when you go yes, on Yes, you do. Paid, that is right? correct. But yes. I don't think that, Jeff, the Texans can't put him on there. The NFL has the NFL to get permission. Okay. So that's the other wild card. You know, he may say to himself, I want to go on the commissioner's exempt list. Yeah. But if memory serves me correct with the whole Adrian Peterson situation in Minnesota a few years ago, sure. the sure. NFL has to give a blessing to a team to do that. You just can't randomly put a guy out on there. So I think they're waiting to see what happens legally to determine whether or not they have to do anything with that. But it's but so I wonder how long that takes. And then, you know, obviously the guys are reporting tomorrow, right, or whenever. So, I mean, it's that's if he doesn't report tomorrow, then he's already going to begin getting fined, correct? Yeah, well, I think the indication is he's going to show up and he's not going to be fined. Now, wow. the question is whether or not he actually wants to take part in practice or, oh, you know, he's God. going to be up and about in meetings and he's going to be cooperative. I think that remains to be seen. But – the way that I look at it is, although there's a lot of teams right now would love to have Deshaun Watson as the quarterback, I just can't see a general manager for another team giving up all those assets until no they have way. some closure from yeah. what's going on off the field. I just I don't think you want to give up that and then find out that, you know, God forbid Watson is suspended or, you know, there's some legal issues that prevents him from playing. I, I, that's a big yeah, roll of the I dice if you're an NFL team. Get him, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Boy, talk about Now, all drama. it does is it takes one team. 
So, you know, listen, if one team is that desperate and hungry, you know, maybe they're willing to take a risk. But I don't know if the bulk of the NFL right now is going to knock down doors to give Houston everything it wants for a quarterback. Now, if I'm the Texans, I'm holding out big time. You know, you better give me three first-round picks if you want them now. And you're going to take on the risk that maybe there's some legal issues down the road. If I'm Houston, I'm using all my leverage right now. He showed up. He doesn't want to be fined. You operate that he's your quarterback. Things dramatically change. Maybe you could have other conversations. But if I'm Houston, I'm playing it just like Green Bay. The ball is in your court. Your guy is under contract. That means Mm -hmm. you hold Mm -hmm. the keys to the kingdom. That's right. Yeah. I just get what a distraction if he shows up and goes through everything, goes through meetings, and he's not going to practice. I mean, that's just a that's just a uh, just not a good situation. So, well, know. especially Jeff. And listen, this is something you understand from being in locker rooms. You know, just like Aaron Rodgers, you're maybe looking at it through your lens. If you're a quarterback, what about all the guys that have high hopes for this season, mm-hmm. and they're banking on you being there? So, I mean, if Deshaun Watson, if he shows up not to be fined, and then he doesn't want to take part in practice, if I'm a wide receiver for the Texans. If I'm Randall Cobb or whatever it may be, yeah. and I'm saying to myself, listen, I only have a year or two left in my NFL career. I'm Brandon Cooks. You know, I'm expecting Deshaun Watson to go out there and play as long as the NFL says he's eligible. So you just wonder how the locker room dynamics play out, I guess, under those circumstances. Well, you never want the selfish player, right? I mean, sure. this is a total selfish act. So I'm um, selfish act. And I think that th- that goes a long ways in the locker room. And guys are not going to like it. Trust me. It's just, uh, it doesn't sit well. It doesn't. I mean, listen. We all like to, as players, want to get as much money as we can. Well, he's got the money. He he signed the big deal a couple years ago. Yeah. So you know, you got your money, dude. Um. So I, I and and I, I agree with you. I mean, in the locker room, we're going to be sitting there going, "What the hell's going on here? I mean, what are we doing? I mean, who's the backup quarterback here? I mean, we're going to have to get in his. You know, get in his. Uh, He's going to be our guy? I mean, I, what do we do here? So I, it's an ugly situation. It's something I wouldn't wish on anybody. Yeah, I'm with Lance, so I just don't see another team making that there sort of commitment until you know when he's going to play for that's you, right. right? Yeah. 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 He'd be better off going on the, on the exempt list and then having some idea of what's going to happen, right? Yeah, but you know what? That, that exempt list is often indefinite. They don't put, like, a period yeah, of time sure. on that exemplist. Well, so remember Adrian Peterson, look how long it took him to get off that yeah, thing. Yeah, he was on it for quite some time. Yeah, that's like the land of the unknown, Jeff, when you're on the exemplist. Yeah, and you know how the legal system works. It's just, it just goes for on and on and on, you know, so. Yeah, they're not going to accelerate the civil case just so Deshaun Watson can get back on the field, that's you know. Right. It's whenever yeah. the judge of the court system could play things out. Or, you know, if there's a settlement at some point, too. Remember, in civil cases, there could be a settlement. It may not go to trial. So, you know, a lot of wild cards surrounding something that has nothing to do with X's and O's here. And by the way, the quarterback market, it's not like there's a million teams looking for quarterbacks either, right? I mean, so many teams drafted quarterbacks this year or have other young quarterbacks. I guess the teams I would put at the forefront of any potential quarterback deal, right, guys, would probably be Denver. I think Carolina probably still, right? Donald only has one year left on his rookie deal. And I think Philly, to Jeff's point. Mm -hmm. Those are the three teams that I would put there. I don't know if there's any other team I would really put in that category. Do you guys think so? Looking around the NFL landscape, I wouldn't say anybody in the West right now would be ultra aggressive considering the Niners just drafted a quarterback. Pittsburgh's interesting, but I think that'd be after this season, not Mm -hmm. before, right? Yeah. Boy, Deshaun Watson with Ben Roethlisberger still there. <laughs> yeah, oh man, can you that imagine that? That would be, uh, yeah, quite the entertaining, uh, dramatic finish to uh, Big Ben's career. Pearson mentioned the, after the year, maybe the Falcons, if they're looking to move on from Matt Ryan. That's but, possibility, but, but they yeah, just, this co- season. They kind of just committed to him, though, right? By, you know, saving money on Julio by to keep Ryan. So, I don't know. And then the Texans, I don't think are going to trade them within their own division, of course. Excellent Not that there's a team that needs a quarterback there, but let's say Indianapolis doesn't like Wentz. I'm sure the Colts would welcome Watson, but you're you're not going to trade him to a team you got to play twice a year. No, and I I guess Washington could be in in, in the mix there in theory, right? Yeah. Well, that's why trading him to an NFC team makes the most sense, and usually that's the case when you see mega deals like that involving quarterbacks. And, yeah, Philadelphia and Washington in the division – coincidentally here, I think could certainly say, hey, we don't necessarily know what we have under center for the long term. So if they were to make a deal, I would say probably Philadelphia would probably include Jalen Hurts in that deal because I would assume Houston would want maybe a young quarterback back. And, I mean, Washington would probably hold on to Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, you know, there's nobody that I think maybe elsewhere on the depth chart that Houston would want. So, you know, they could always cut a quarterback when it's all said and done. But if Philadelphia makes this deal, I think Hurts would be involved in the trade in addition to other pieces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
All right, let's get to it, folks. 973-667-1960. Don't miss out on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant games and world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giant Suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. Marty and Matt Hawkins up first. Marty, what's up? Hey, guys. How you doing? What's Good. up, bud? You all right? Uh, hey, I see a report come out this morning, and... Uh... It's it's involves uh, Chandler Jones from the uh, from the Cardinals that uh, very unhappy and looking to looking to get out of uh, Arizona. Uh, and one one uh, periodical that's out there, uh, I think it's called Fan Site. It said that that they were uh, they said the Giants should be all in on that. That that would be uh, you know someone who could really uh, help put the Giants over the top. I was just uh, you know wondering what your thoughts was on that. Well, Chandler Jones, it's a contract issue. He's not unhappy because he just doesn't want to be in Arizona. It's the fact that he wants to be paid, given some of the pass rushers that got new deals. So remember, when you make a deal involving a player that wants a new contract, it's twofold. You have to give up resources, and you may have to give up a first-round pick because Chandler Jones certainly warrants that. And then on top of that, you then have to negotiate a new contract. So you have to weigh the pros and cons to that. It's a little bit more attractive when you have a guy under a contract that was just recently signed, and then you're more than happy to give up resources because you know, hey, the guy's going to be on the books for four to five years. When it's somebody like that, you have to weigh and determine what is then the challenge going to be to give this player a new contract. So that's the issue with Chandler Jones. It's not that he's unhappy in Arizona. He wants to get paid. And remember, the Cardinals brought in J.J. Watt. They brought in a lot of offensive firepower. So, you know, there's only so much money to go around there. Yeah, and by the way, you know, next year under the cap, as we've talked about this before, there's not going to be a whole lot of money in the Giants camp next year. So they're, they're anticipating it to be kind of a tough year. And yeah, because so. they carried money over mm-hmm. on the back end with a lot of their contracts. Now, right. I'm looking up Chandler Jones's contract just to give you the specifics. He's due to be a free agent after this season. So he is in the final year of his contract. So, Jeff, this is sort of the opposite of when the Giants traded Odell Beckham. The reason why you could argue there's some attractiveness to that is you had just, just given Beckham it. a contract. Yeah. So the team acquiring him, Cleveland, says, okay, there's less risk involved in that trade because we know we're going to have him on the books. Any team that wants to acquire Chandler Jones, once again, you can acquire him but on a one-year remaining year. deal, but then you know he's going to either hit free agency or you're going to have to work out an extension. So right. there's a lot of risk involved in a trade. Yeah. And way. I think that you got to have a lot of assets to trade for a one year. Like, say that you're a team that really needs somebody to get you over the top and that you know that you're not going to sign this guy in the next year, that you trade for him because you have some draft capital that you could give up and that you, you know, this you're on the, you know, you're on the fringe of maybe making a run and this is a guy that could put you over the top. That's probably something that they, you would do in that situation. But you know that you're not going to be able to sign him next year. You know? yeah. But well, he's going to come out of first round. thing bit. to consider for the sake of the Giants. Because I know a lot of people have called up about some of the veteran offensive linemen that have been traded or signed recently. Or the Giants of the mindset, guys, that similar to their approach with the young offensive linemen, I think, you know, they want to see what Ojolari could do. They want to see what Dexter Lawrence can do. They want to see the return of Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez. I think the goal is develop these young guys that we use draft picks on as opposed to necessarily make a big splash and bring in a guy that is absolutely going to take playing time away. Let's face it. You, you acquire Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones is not a rotational player, guys. Okay? No. Chandler Jones is an every-down player. He's going to take playing time away from some of the youth. Uh, those are clear facts right there. The youths. The youths, indeed. Yeah, the youths. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it it's it's sounding good, but uh, like 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 you said, it's uh, you know you, you got to look what's going what's going to happen down the road. And uh, the only thing I was thinking, all possibly too, was that there was you know probably the Joe Judge connection there too. You know. Well, yeah, because he was briefly with the Patriots. You're talking about. Yeah, I, I don't think that hurts. But listen, money's money, Marty. At the end of the day, whether your friend or colleague is on the coaching staff, he's not the one that necessarily negotiates the contracts. So it's you, your agent, and the team. That, to me, is the most defining factor when it comes to contracts. Yes, yes, I agree with you. All right, fellas, thanks. Uh, thanks thank for the you, call. Marty. Taking the you question. 973-66, I'm sorry, 201-939-4513, <laughs> 201 Let's go to Steve in Washington, D.C. He's up next. Hey, Steve. Hi, Steve. Hey, greetings, John. 
Lance, Jeff, how y'all doing? Long time no speak, Steve. Oh, what's up, bud? Doing good. Yeah. Uh, no, not too much. You know, I, I just thought I would call in. First of all, I have two comments. First, I wanted to add my little tidbit and give you a little bit of insight to Deshaun Watson because that is my, my adopted son. Okay. I'm just kidding. But, no, the whole Deshaun thing, he's at camp, actually. Yeah, so, no, I uh, said that. And, oh, okay. Yeah, he reported. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, I just don't – yeah, I, uh, the main reason – he's not – you know, they're not – going to put him on the uh, exempt list because, number one, there's no criminal case pending. That doesn't matter, God, Steve. It won't be. No, Steve, that doesn't matter. <laughs> if the, just because there's no criminal case doesn't mean that you can't get put on the exempt list. No, oh, I, I realize that, but they're, they're really close to, obviously, he's really close to paying them, but he just wants to be able to tell his side of the story, and uh, plaintiffs want to be able to have the record sealed, so, you know, apparently he believes in his, you know, his side of the story, so that's really kind of the holdup. No, I Steve, know. I hear you, but you know, I, I think our point, though, is that until that's resolved, he's not going to play a game in the National Football League. We don't think so. Oh, no, I, to, uh, yeah, I, to, I totally agree, right. you know, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I, I, you know, my comment is being, you know, hey, the bigger picture is number one. I mean, he balled out really for having no, you know, no number one receiver last oh, he's, year. And, I mean, I he's a fantastic player. We love him as a player, man. We got nothing against him that way. Yeah, no, and I got no conflict with anything you guys said. I'm just kind of at my little two yep. times. But I, I just want to – I feel bad for Tyrod Taylor more than anything. But I'll I move on and get to the – Well, deal. why do you feel bad? Tyrod Taylor passion. actually may have another okay. opportunity to start. Remember, the last few times he's been put in the starting rotation, they've been eliminating him from the equation because of Baker Mayfield's presence in Cleveland. And then, unfortunately, the just horrendous luck of having his lung punctured with the Chargers, which opened the door for Herbert, and Herbert said, oh, you're giving me the starting job? Tyron, I'm sorry. I'm never giving it back. So, you know, it was just bad circumstances for Tyron. But if yeah, Deshaun Watson can't play, Tyron's going to be the starter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, that's all, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, things just certainly haven't gone his way. Like you just said, it's been one thing after another. But uh, to the Giants, you know, I, I, you know, I'll go ahead and make a comment, and I'll take your, your comments off the air. I, I really just wanted to say that I really think the key to us really improving offensively is really going to come down to what should be the most consistent thing, which is, you know, Daniel Jones to, to Evan Ingram or, I guess, Rudolph, Randolph, I mean, at this point, but certainly to the tight end. Uh, you know, we threw the Randall ball, more, you know, the third most in the league last year. That's that certainly got to change, and I know we all anticipate that with the, you know, this is Gade, but he also has to, uh, he just doesn't like, you know, he doesn't do good, you know, obviously with the quarterback, you know, with uh, defense to his back. So, as much as I hate to say, he's going to have to be a little bit more shotgun because, he, you know, they have to recognize his strengths and his weaknesses. You know, Steve, but clearly we need to make them. Now, finish right. up. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Steve. No, I, I would just say, you know, I mean, honestly, we I need to see – you know, Evan Ingram, I really want to see Evan Ingram step up. I need to see him be more of a, of a go-to person. I mean, if that's not happening, then this offense is not working the way it should be. Bottom line. So, I, uh, you know, I just don't think we can go back to being a, a heavy run team, obviously, especially with Saquon, you know, coming hopefully coming back off of his injury. But if we go back to what we were doing, then we're going to get the same results, you know. Um, but this time we'll be <laughs> – Six and eleven. So, you know, that's all. That's all I got, guys. I, Ingram has got to step up man, in order for this offense to, to work the way it's supposed to. So, that's all I had today, man. You guys keep it going. Great show. Appreciate the contact. Thank you, Steve. So. Appreciate the call, bud. Good stuff. Um, it's funny. Three things you mentioned, Steve. Uh, posted up on the Giants Huddle today. I did an interview with Warren Sharp, who's an analytics guy out there, and he actually mentioned three of the things that you did in terms of what the Giants offense, you know, in his opinion at least, uh, you know, could do to try to improve things. And one was throw more, specifically the one on early downs, which I think you guys know I've talked about this before. I'm more, I'm a big, you know, uh, person that thinks passing on early downs makes things easier on the quarterback and you can kind of get first downs before you even get to third down. So I always think that's that's a good idea to an extent. Again, you have to protect enough in order to do that, which is I think one of the issues were last year. They didn't trust to protect enough on those first downs. And to Steve's point, you know, play action on the center last year was not nearly as good as Jones' play action from shotgun. So I think that's part of it, too, where maybe you, you can't do as much play action under center, though the numbers last year got a little bit closer in terms of his effectiveness in both ways. Again, go listen to the podcast. He has it. And, you know, then if you combine those two things together, 
you look at you know how run heavy you are overall again and i've said this a million times they're never going to get to you know Kansas City Chiefs level of you know passing percentage i don't think you want to but i think if you could just increase your your early down pass percentage a little bit and i'm talking about you know 1 2% nothing crazy i think that would go um away towards to Jeff's point earlier when he did his little predictions, making the offense more explosive, making more big plays, and avoiding those third downs altogether and eventually putting more points on the board. So I think Steve did hit on a couple pretty salient points there. Well, I think part of that, guys, is the fact that if Barkley is back and Kadarius Tony's another option who you can run out of the backfield, Daniel Jones could pass the ball on earlier downs because he doesn't necessarily have to go for the home run. He could dump it off to some of those options. I think where they were hurt last season was they lose Barkley, who's one of your best receivers out of the backfield. So your short passing game is impacted right away in week two. I think if that component comes back and they elevate the production from that facet, that to me is where, to your point, John, you improve your chances, and Jason Garrett, I think, has a little bit more confidence in letting Daniel Jones throw on the early downs because I think you just have better receiving options within close proximity. So I think that probably was one of the biggest contributing factors, maybe why they didn't throw an awful lot because of the guys out of the backfield in comparison to what they'll be working with this year. Yeah, real quick, I still like to run the football, and I feel like because if you can run the football, you can set up. You look at this Giants team over the years, how well Eli Manning was able to do, use his play action because they had a running game. Um, and that could dictate a lot of things on first down with some pl- quick play action pass on first down, to John's point, to be able to create some big plays that, that way. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with second and one, second and two with a quick pass on first down, right? But I feel if you can build your running game up, you should be able to, to go into a little bit of those play calling on first down, which would in, involve two things. Number one, some play action because the team has to respect you for running the football on first down. And second of all is being able to have that short passing game, which we all know is an extension of the running game. Sure. So those are some things to look at going forward in this season. No, absolutely. All right, we got about 10 minutes. We have to get off. We got about eight minutes. We have to get off. Uh, before three today, folks. So I got three calls. I want to try to squeeze everybody in. So let's try to keep it tight, everyone. Charlie, we'll get to you next. You've been holding the longest. Charlie, Hi, Charlie. what's up? Hey, guys. Hello. Keep it tight, Charlie. Hey, what do you got? Hey. Okay, very quickly. Yes. Uh, John, you should have changed it to impossible predictions instead of bold because, <laughs> Jeff, it's impossible. They will never be 4 0. <laughs> Jeff, they, they, never. Ever. That's impossible. It's possible. Right. I now feel better about the <laughs> prediction now than I did an hour ago, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing about Watson is, is like he called their bluff. He showed up. And guess what? They weren't talking about trading him, but as soon as he showed up, what did they say? We'll trade him. We'll take three ones, whatever. So he's, he's you think they got control? What? I think it's the opposite. What Watson's bluff? What, what bluff did yeah, he call? Who was bluffing? What were the Texans would have been bluffing he about? The bluff is if he didn't show up, then they would have fined him and they would have had the control. And yes, in fact, Charlie, he would have been calling their bluff if he didn't show up. By showing up, he actually believed that the Texans would find the you-know-what out of him and he didn't want that to happen, so he showed up. So he actually did the opposite right. of calling the Texans bluff. Hello? Yeah, but the thing is, they weren't <laughs> even talking about, no, John, you got it wrong. They weren't even talking about trading him until he showed up. And then all of a sudden, Texans finally came out and said, we will trade him. You realize Deshaun Watson exactly still hasn't – you realize he still hasn't said he's going to play for them, right? Yeah, I, I know I know what he said, but the thing is – But how would no, – Charlie, here's – no, Charlie, no, but I understand. Okay. But how would him you not – sh- so you're saying if he didn't show up, the Texans would have said, okay, we're not going to trade you? Yeah, because they would have just kept finding them and finding Why? them, and they'd be getting their money back. Because, <laughs> because they, what, what team is going to want a guy who's got, you know, all this? The Texans want him on the team, Charlie. The te- if the Texans had their choice, he'd be their starting quarterback in Week One. What are you talking about? Thanks for the call. I mean, what, what the hell is he talking about? If the Texans could wave a magic wand and have Deshaun Watson be their quarterback for the next 10 years, you know what? Deshaun Watson will be their quarterback for the next 10 years. <laughs> hey, what is he even talking about? See, Mission Impossible uh, is trying to get through a one phone call with Charlie uh, and him making sense. I mean, this is like two in a row where it's just like, <laughs> dude. 
hey, there's always the choice of no. not taking the phone call, which I think a few of us would get paid for. So. Well, I'm going to have to start doing the limit to once a week now. So, not to, yeah, In fact, you know what? We're back in training camp. Calls are start coming in. Once a week, callers. Rules in place. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Thank Charlie. <laughs> Who's on longer, Pearson? Brandon or Ricky? Brandon first. All right, Brandon on line one. He's in New York. Brandon, Brandon what's up? how are you? Hey, how you guys doing? I wanted to know, do you guys think Daniel Jones can have the type of year for us that Josh Allen had last year in terms of taking that big leap in Ooh. terms of statistics and just uh, just taking that leap? Because we have a lot of weapons this year. I guys. mean, Josh Allen, I mean, look, if you're talking about the – I mean, Josh Allen was a top three quarterback last year. I think asking for top three quarterback status – I don't think he has the raw physical freak show abilities of Josh Allen, so I I think that's maybe a little bit too high of a bar. Can he make a big jump? Okay. Yes, but to get that high, I don't know, Lance Jeff. That to me is might might be asking a little bit too much. Yeah, when you look okay. at the three okay. things he did well. I mean, he ran the football, he threw for touchdowns, and he had a lot of yardage. So I mean, those are some three categories that. I don't know. Those are some good numbers. Well, Allen's ability to evade the rush. That, mm-hmm. to me, is kind of what makes him special. And, and Jones, while he can run the ball, he's, his rush evasion I don't think is at the same level as Josh Allen. Well, and also Josh about- Allen had 20 touchdowns and nine interceptions the year before. See, I think Allen started to show improvement in 19. I know his completion right. percentage still wasn't great, but the starting bar for Allen entering last year was much right. higher, in my opinion, than Daniel Jones. So if you're talking about getting into Josh Allen product, production territory, keep in mind, Josh Allen had 37 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. He made a 17-touchdown jump, guys, between 19 right. and 20. Even right. if you apply that to Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones then is still only going to go to 20 uh, excuse me, he's going to go to 29. 28 touchdowns yeah. mm-hmm. he would go to if you add that math. So, I mean, that's still nine less than Josh Allen. And also, I would argue, I thought the Bills over the last two years did a really good job revamping their offensive line. They have some more veterans than the Giants do. And in terms of their receiving core, Thank you, you had guys you. that I think have proven a little bit better in the durability department than perhaps some of the Giants' weapons. So, you know, those are things I think you got to take into consideration. It's not just Allen versus Jones. It's the environment of the two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look, Josh Allen was a legitimate MVP candidate last year. Legit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where he finished in the voting lines. Maybe you know that offhand. I don't. He's probably top five, right? I would assume MVP that voting. he was within that ballpark, yeah. He's got, he's got to be in the ballpark, exactly. All right, final call of the show. Uh, let's go to Ricky Long Island. He'll, he, he finished he'll, second, by the way. He was finished second in MVP, second. huh? Wow, yes. there you go. All right, Ricky Long Island, you're up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's up, Ricky? Hey, what's up, guys? I talked to you last week. What's up, yep. Jeff? First Hi. time talking to you. Yeah, thank you. Um, two, I have two things. One's quick, and then it leads into the second one. But as far as the Chandler Jones thing, when I called in last week, I was telling you guys, I like the, the idea of the rotational thing. Look, man, if you're going to pay a Batman, and as, as Paul likes to say, it's a Batman-Robin thing, you know, you got Leonard Williams, and I don't really count him as a full Batman because he's inside. You know, I agree he's with more that. like just they're, they're, that's its own thing. That's more like having, you know, the Hulk just inside. <laughs> um, okay, fair enough. You know, that's my opinion. But um, at the end of the day, I, I, I mean, you don't get to, to the Giants in 07, for example, NASCAR defensive line. By going out in free agency and paying a guy or trading for a guy, you know what I mean? you got to build up what you got first and take care of yourself first, and then you could go to that to accent or enhance what you have. But I, I was always against um, going out and just throwing money, hey, this is the highest contract, so we have to give it type of thing uh, on a guy like that. Like you said, he's having contract disputes last year uh, in his contract, and then he's also, you know, you got to pay him. So he's going to get top-level money, and he's on the other side of 30 that I just rather see what we've got. You know, you could pull. What if you pull the Pro Bowler out of the mix you've got now? You know, and like let's say Lorenzo Carter wins Comeback Player of the Year. Um, obviously, Saquon's also in the running for that, so that might be unbelievably difficult, even if he has a great year. But let's say he comes back, has a great season, and then Ojolari surprises, and then you got a good Kiwanuka type out of Zimenez. I'd take that over Chandler Jones as a star. And then on the flip side, you have you know nobody. You don't really know what you got because these guys didn't get to play as much. So I don't like that. I don't want to do that at all. Um, all right, Ricky. And that leads me into the other point. Yeah, really fast, Ricky. Ricky, 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 really fast. we got to go, man, really fast. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to say this last week as well. I forgot. Um, but I think the NFL has changed to the point where your defensive backfield and building from the back forward matters more than building from the front back to one extent or another. 
Um, so I just think the only move the Giants could have made to really make their team better on the back end this year is what they did, and that's bringing in a guy who's the opposite build of Bradbury in Adore Jackson. Um, no, I, I think, think that, that was a perfect compliment. Thank you, Ricky. Yeah, Thanks, look, Eric. I think that makes sense, right? Bradbury can cover the big, strong guys, and and Dory can carry the, you know, cover the the the, the smaller, quicker sure. guys. But look, guys, I mean, I, I all for having these guys play. If you give me Chandler Jones for seventeen games, I'll I'll take Chandler Jones for seventeen games. Thank you. And again, who knows they're dealing? I'm not saying that's what the Giants are going to do. I'm just saying, generally speaking, I ain't saying no to Chandler Jones. No, all right, you get if the it's feasible. Pass rusher. Yeah, yeah, sure, you go after. Plus, remember, Arizona's in a position to win. Something tells me they're going to do everything in their Correct. power to retain him too. Correct. Yeah, keep that in mind, yeah. gentlemen. A lot of fun. Great show. Thank you, Absolutely. John. All right, make sure you Thanks, tune in Lance. tomorrow. It'll be yep. Lance, Detino, and I. Detino and I will give our bold predictions. Hopefully, Paul's will be, you know, I'm not sure what I want them to be, but I hope that they're at least sane. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow at Big Blue Kickoff Live. Everybody, again, we're at 2 o'clock from here on out the next two weeks of camp uh, as the players begin to report tomorrow, and then we have our first practice on Wednesday. For Jeff and Lance, I'm Schmelk. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 on Big Blue Kickoff Live.